0: episode 192 of the radio impound podcast 192
1: we're we're uh <laughs> we're getting close
0: it only took seven years but we're finally here
1: i mean i mean we're gonna close in on a decade
0: hopefully by then we're on episode like uh
1: 201 201 <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah What's new, Industry Jason? I here. I saw you at this freaking uh, monster truck stuff going on at the Monster Jam. They were just up here at my end of town and now they're down in Orlando, Florida?
1: Yeah, this is the first uh first world finals they've ever held in Orlando. Uh for the pre- previous 19 years, it was in Las Vegas. Oh. So Vegas gets for everything. world World Finals 20, they brought it to Orlando wow and they've signed they've signed on to do it there um uh, 2019 and
0: 2020 does uh disney uh, does disney uh have their hand
1: in that feld entertainment
0: feld entertainment
1: that's who owns that's who owns monster jam and uh uh they're also the world leader in producing and presenting live touring family entertainment experiences that bring people together so there you go. So they used to, subsidiaries, um, they used to run the circus, Ringling, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. What? Uh, that's who uh, used to own this. And, you know, the circus isn't around anymore, right?
0: Um, no, I so, thought I saw somebody, one of our Facebook friends was just at a circus recently.
1: It probably wasn't a felled one then.
0: No, it must have been just like a knockoff, I guess. No, because when you go to these circuses, there's people out there protesting all the time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember when I went to, and did that? And well, here's their uh, here's actually what they own here. Um, Who fell? Monster Jam.
0: Monster Jam. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: Monster Jam. Monster Energy Supercross. Okay. And then Disney Disney on Ice, Disney Live, Marvel Universe Live, Sesame Street Live, Trolls: The Experience, and Jurassic World live tour.
0: Wow. Good Lord. So,
1: yeah, I mean, so you can see, you can look down the list of the things that they're involved in and it's very kid oriented.
0: Yeah. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, for sure.
1: So, you know, that's the tough part about this. The monster truck side of things is when I was a kid, I talk about this all the time when I go to the events, but when I was a kid, Uh, This was an adult thing. Um, You know, in Florida, especially, it was the time where, you know, the guys would bring the trucks out straight out of the mud bog and they're parking in the, you know, the, you know, the parking lot and tailgating and, yeah. um, um, Getting into the stadium. And it was, they had the, the outlaw country music (laughs) playing and there would be, you know, guys would be fighting in the crowd over Ford and Chevrolet and, um, it was you know people would bring their kids back then, but it wasn't really made for kids. it was made for adults and over the years, you know, have they have established these kind of things as you know they're money makers because of kids and you know they go in, they buy the toys and they see these trucks that are you know made they make them like scooby doo and I mean, they have a lot of huge sponsors so. It's important for them for it to be very kid friendly and because that's who they're selling to. Yeah. So you know, when I was going when I was a kid, it was the opposite. It was like it was like the outlaws were out there and uh, you know, it was you know ugly truck contests, you know, girls dressed to the nines mm. um in their outfits and uh it was just, you know, mud bogging, you know, truck pulls and, you know, it was, it was rednecky, uh, but, um, but this now, <clears throat> I try to make it very fan or family friendly. And, yeah. you mean? know, I think if it's gonna, if it's gonna exist over a period of time, you know, that's probably the direction it has to be, um in the political correct era that mm-hmm. we're in. Um you know it's funny you know they're also sensitive about the names of the trucks. You know, it's, there used to be a truck called the uh, Gunslinger. They made him go to Slinger because they didn't want to have gun in it. But you know, your most popular truck is Gravedigger. You know
2: what I mean? Like, yeah
1: and then maximum destruction. Those are your two most popular uh, names, but I think it's a 60,000. If it's max capacity, it's 60,000. And the first night, which is racing and two wheel skills competition, Mm. I'd say there's about 30,000 people there, but on, on Saturday it was, it looked to be a sellout. So, um, You know, so either way, between the two days, they got about 90,000 people. Uh, Not bad.
0: Damn. Pretty good.
1: Not bad. So, uh, yeah, they call this their world finals. So I kind of struggle with that name a little because I don't, I don't really understand. Like, you know, like we're, you know, in a competitive environment, you're always looking for the NBA Finals the Super Bowl and it's the and it's, it's the combination of a ser- uh, like a year's worth of competition that ends at one event but in this like anybody can win the World Finals uh, at the final event like it's not like you know what I'm saying like it's not a point series that I know of yeah um, so so it's a uh, it's more like just having a a big event and calling it the world finals.
0: Yeah, there's no build up to it or nothing, really.
1: Yeah, I mean they have a lot of events at the first quarter of the year that build towards it, but it's not like
0: but it's not points to me, in, or
1: nothing. Yeah, like to me and in, in our uh, what I would be used to would be all these events you'd have points and then going into this last event would be where you could win the whole thing, right? Right. Um, so I don't think that they do that, which I think would be kind of neat, but, um, and maybe the reason they don't is cause they have, they don't stop having events. Like after that, they will be, you know, going all year. So it's like their calendar, the way it works or something. Um, but anyway, it was a success. It's entertainment. It, it you know, there's, there's racing a part of it, but it's very entertainment based and it's for kids. Mm -hmm. So uh, for the last four years or five years now, um, one of the drivers, Bari Massauer, uh, he drives the zombie truck. Um, He's been a RC guy for a long time and he's actually um, organized to have an RC portion uh, to the world finals. So that's where this RC World Finals came from.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Is um, he organized this event, and then he kind of got, uh, I don't remember what the number is, but it's like six or seven of very close friends of his to help uh, put the event together, the RC version, and uh, invite some racers in to compete. And it's part of the show. So when a fan pays at the World Finals to come in and see uh, the actual event itself, you first go to the pit party. And during the pit party, you can actually watch the RC race because the way they've scheduled it, uh, the fans know when the RC race is going to happen.
3: Oh.
1: So, so um, they run a program every day. Are both uh, Friday and Saturday on the RC side, where um, you can come in, you can watch qualifying, and then you can walk up and there'll be racing going on. And then there's freestyle, and then we did some speedster stuff, which they call it speedster, we call it UTV. But um, so we do all that uh, during Friday, then. We turn it around and we do it all again on Saturday and uh, it was my first time being involved. Uh, Fred's done it every year and it's actually been really cool. It's worked out pretty well. So it was nine people. Nine people involved uh, kind of putting this on and help running it. It's a big deal because uh, the track is looks like a scaled down version of the real track and so you got to have dirt first of all got to bring that in lay it out and lay out the track uh, paint everything up assemble it uh, so it, it it looks cool um, I think the when we you know we're talking to the fans and stuff because they kind of surround it and they sit there and watch and you know when you go and talk to the fans i I would kind of make it a point to say uh, you know hey what have you seen today what do, what do you liking out there you know I'm kind of you know, asking the kids and the parents and, you know, the kids are just like, Oh, this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're like, this is my favorite. Yeah. So of course you got kids that come into that are like, um, can I drive? Like, well, not really.
0: Mm, You didn't have nothing. They didn't have anything there set up for them to just run around and bash.
1: No, uh, there was a couple cars they did, but they really weren't for that. They were just for some kids that were, um, let me try to see, uh, a couple kids there brought in their cars, but they were like um, kids of the parents that were like a part of the real event. Oh, okay. So but they didn't actually have anything that the kids could play with RC wise. They did have, um, you know, like the, uh, the spin master, you know, die cast toys. They had like two or three locations where you could, kids could bring in like, kind of like static type of toys mm-hmm. and play with them there, which actually, you know, you'd look over there and their kids would, you know, uh, be working on it. So, so it was good. Yeah, really hot. It's Florida it looks—it's almost like it just started, like coming into summer. Yeah, it was like nineties. Oh yeah, it was ninety-one, ninety-two it, degrees.
0: Very humid, right?
1: Oh, it was humid. Yeah, the the guys from California were mentioning.
0: See, I'm coming down there in July for a week, and uh, was...
1: you're gonna know what it's really like
0: then. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Thinking maybe I should have scheduled that a different uh different date. But what the heck?
1: Last time you were down here you were at the beach the whole time, so that would probably be nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not long. I mean when when were you down here before? Was it like March?
0: Uh, I was down there in uh April. Okay. Yep.
1: What's your actual uh when in July are you
0: coming? Uh I'll be down that way uh July seventeenth through the 25th. Okay. Mark it on your calendars, wow. Jason. Put it in your iPhone.
1: I, I think I will be here, actually.
0: Dinner? Jason will be buying me dinner.
1: <laughs> Get you some Wendy's. <laughs>
0: uh.
1: So, yeah, we, we did the race um then we did the speedsters then we did the freestyle so the event i think turned out pretty well uh i ended up winning racing <laughs> on both days and i won the, the uh, monster truck race and the speedster race
0: and, now uh, th- w- were you going up against guys that uh are in rc or were you going up a bunch of little 10 year olds
1: no, no no these were all experienced guys okay and girls just,
0: just making
2: sure
1: <laughs> yeah you know, it's it's funny because people, uh, you know, people think that that this is easy, um, and I think before I did it, I kind of thought that it would be easy, also. Yeah. <clears throat> but the reality is, is it's not, um, because, like I was telling somebody, like Spencer, I was telling him when we were at Silver State, I was like, you know. I go, think if you had a race with your truggy where it was only three turns. I'm like, how close do you think it would be if you guys only race three turns? Hmm. You know, because these races are only seven seconds long. Hmm. So it's, uh, and the trucks don't handle that great. Yeah, they don't look, so they look like
0: they're bouncing everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, they bounce all over the place. So you have to manage all that stuff. Uh, while you're racing and you only have a seven second shot at it. So it's like, you know, can you, you know, there's no room for little errors or whatever and make up for it. It's over. So in general, it it is a little nerve wracking Mm. because the way the, the way the thing works is, when you, if you have a large bracket of trucks, which is twenty four, mm-hmm. whatever thirty two trucks, uh, at this event, at first when you run your first race, there's a little bit of space between your next race. Say you win a race. Okay. Well, if you if you lose, you're out. So you can't lose it all.
0: Or there's no, okay. So yeah. Once you, you
1: can't. Yeah. Once you're once you get beat, you're you're done. You, the other guy moves on to the next race. Wow. So.
0: Oh, no loser um, bracket,
1: so, yeah, and there there wasn't a loser bracket. sometimes if there's a an odd amount of tr- trucks, they'll have like a fast loser or they'll have something like that. but um, in this situation, there was't so if you lose, you're just out hmm. and so so you're always kind of concerned because the race is only seven seconds long, and you know you can't lose if you want to get all the way to the end so uh, you know you start off there's a little bit of space between if you win you move on to the next round and then you know there's and but as you eliminate people you know you go from 24 to 12, 12 to 6, six you know whatever the number is um, every time you you know you you move on there's less time between when you race so Because, you know, you're eliminating half the people each time. Mm -hmm. So when you start getting right down to it, you're like, there's not really any time to do anything. So your truck's just sitting there. I just left my truck turned on at the end. And I would, they had a little position where you would turn marshal at the end. So you would race and then you would go to the end of the track and you would help turn marshal in case anybody crashed. In the next race, and then you would kind of move on. So I would just keep my truck turned on. And it's like, you're, you know, you, you don't really have too much time to think about it. You, you kind of look at the track and make a couple of mental adjustments, but it's kind of tough to do anything to the vehicle. So, and then as you start getting closer to the final, it, it gets a little more nerve wracking because now you're like, okay, like the pressure starts mounting because you're like, all right, well, now I've made it this far. Um, you know I want to make it all the way right so yeah we did that and uh, did the final and you know they, then they run the music and before they start the final they have a little a little music they play and they give you you know each driver gets an announcement and then you're you're doing it in front of a little bit of a crowd so it makes it pretty cool yeah then we did the speedster race which is a we used Slash 4x4s with a UTV body and short course tires. They looked cool. They were really fun to drive. Sounds good. I think uh, there, we got a video up about the event. I don't know if you watched that one yet or not.
0: I watched you run around a few times. That's up on Facebook in the uh, J Concepts Garage, right?
1: What we have now is we got a we got a full video on YouTube. Yeah. Wow. i'll pull it up and then i'll send it to you all right could you hear that no okay so it, was, it only comes through my earpiece so yeah i just sent you the blog uh-huh. and then i'll send you the video
0: okay see it
1: so yeah we just uploaded the video last night and the blog was updated today so that event is officially over for us as we were able to get all of our media-related content and then.
0: The
1: then we went into the big event, big, the, the real event. Everything was pretty fun there. Uh, so We've you'll a see a little bit of uh, the Jam, guys read the blog, you know, get the gist of the whole event, who won, the winners and losers.
0: Well, I'm checking really watch. <clears throat> oh, wow and that ramp going down looked pretty big
1: it is yeah i mean that was meant to they made that because that was how the real track was inside the building
0: oh that's right i did watch that the um that happened before the that happened on friday i think before the event they did some kind of uh showdown or something off the off that ramp oh there you go yeah there you go i see that well who's running this event then
2: the
1: rc one yeah well, there was like um, there was about nine people involved, and uh, they all get together. Whether you know, they all have one you know, a couple of responsibilities, whether it's to build the track or to do the announcing or
0: scoring. Oh, here we go. We got an interview with you here somewhere.
3: Orlando, Florida, first time ever Monster Jam World Finals
1: twenty and. It's crazy out here, man. All right, here's Fred Reap interviewing uh, Jason Rona. That's right. We did the RC racing program
3: this morning. My main man, Jason, taking home the trophies here today in racing. And the look at you, man. You look all
0: cool over there, man. Look at you. I'm
1: But how did Grave Digger feel today? It looked awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got this thing detailed out with the Grave Digger uh, body here, the grandma
0: scheme from years ago. And, uh, yeah we're really happy with the way this thing was working. oh was that an older scheme there that you're uh, running yeah grandma Gravedigger is
1: what
0: they call it oh grandma gravedigger okay mm-hmm. i didn't know they had one that's cool send that up on all this yeah, they thing.
1: call the original gravedigger grandma okay so that's
0: kind of well, there's the zombie yeah, so you watch
1: this you watch this video you get kind of a idea of how the event is and what the, the atmosphere
2: Randy is like right in at
3: the, for the real event. The so you get a good idea Monster of what's of right going on. Yeah. Right here at home, Monster Jam World Finals here for the first
0: time. Monster Energy Camp right here. We'll give you guys a little bit of a tour of our trailers. Our mechanics are shopping wow. our trucks right now. If you guys want to check out our, our home away from home. We'll show you the ins and outs of our trailers. Come on in. We'll show you what we got. Wow, this is Jay Concepts going in the trailer here, huh? Yep. Here we are is our office. This is a fifty three foot
3: Kentucky moving trailer, basically. We get them from Kentucky completely bare. The only thing wow. here is the wooden floors. We outfit this thing entirely ourselves. We build a lit, we install a list of
1: cabinets. We build a ramp.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Oh, the, look at this. They have a bump box in this.
1: Oh, my yeah, God, Kirby. Uh, I, 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 I caught a curvy right there. Wow, tires go wow. up, bump
0: up box. Kirby. They'll have to check this out. That's at uh, Minute Mark uh, 930.
2: Up, up the
0: Interesting. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we'll post a link on the uh, Facebook. That's pretty cool, man.
1: The Facebook.
0: So I wonder so, if uh, Bump Box was involved with uh, Monster Jam there.
1: I haven't seen um, if he does any other.
0: That's pretty cool. Kirby just got a Bump Box.
1: Yeah, it looks sounds like he's I mean, he loves that
0: thing. Yeah. They're awesome. The the you know, and, and the Patriots had one after they won the Super Bowl in the locker room. They had a bump box. So uh go check it out. Uh, Bumpbox dot com. Okay. Yeah.
1: This is like the new beats by Dre, probably. Uh you know, it's but, it's a
0: boom box for you listeners. It's a big boom box. You can get different sizes and uh yeah, it's really cool. It's all Bluetooth <laughs> and uh it's really awesome. And uh yeah. Of course, Patriots were using it. So uh, that makes it awesome right so there. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So it's cool. So it was in the Monster Energy trailer. Awesome. Cool.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, it looks is like it a called, good time
0: called, here. I'm scanning through the video. Is it called
1: Bump Box? Or, what is it called?
0: Yeah, Bump Box. B U M P. That spells bump. And then uh, Box, they get really tricky with that. It's B O X X. See what they did there? So, you can check them out. Go on uh, Instagram, follow them there. We've got a lot of celebrities promoting that thing now. So
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking that this is like the Beats. They're trying to use that same marketing scheme as the Beats we're yeah. using.
0: Right. All right. Well, Monster Jam, that uh, looked really exciting.
1: Yeah, I, I think people should check out the video for sure. You get an idea of what kind of the. the Feel and the flair is out there, and, and um, kind of what it's like to be involved, and you know it's all racing uh, at the end of the day. Uh, you know whether you're ten scale off road racing, eight scale off road racing, touring car, uh, monster trucks, drag racing. I mean they're all races, so people are just as intense. They're not willing to give in to anybody. Um, so that's kind of what I'm enjoying right now. Is yeah. Um, Trying, trying some other things. Um, I, I want to get, I want to do some drag racing this year. Oh yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to get out and try some drag racing. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm gonna try some doing some scale off road stuff this year too. Oh. Uh, just to kind of increase, kind of increase my uh, base and experience in the different classes. Uh, you know, we make a lot of stuff for all these things, but I, I haven't. <clears throat> um necessarily ran a lot of it personally so i, I want to try to get to a lot of those things this year and just kind of be involved to to be a little smarter about it
0: this uh you know what and you're talking about is this what associate's doing now with the element
1: well what or, they're or... doing is um uh, we talked about it a couple times on the show but oh, we did one of the biggest well, no, no, not not the element part. Oh, okay. But, um, I was like, what? One of the one of the biggest things in RC right now, the growing segment is scale off road trucks. Okay. Uh, they they used to be called crawlers, and a lot of people still call them crawlers. But in in it, when you're in it, people like people uh, call it scale off road or trail trucks. Hmm. So. They, people are into making these things as cool and realistic as possible. Yeah. Um, they want it to look like <clears> a real truck. Um, you know, people go, they, you know, they're into interiors and putting knobs.
0: Yeah, I was going to say they are. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah,
1: putting <laughs> everything in it. And this is big. Yeah. It's really big. It's a big market. And uh, it's probably the, the thing that's uh, the most popular in RC at the moment. Uh, and that's the reason why Associated is, is getting into it with this new brand. Um, you can tell that they've they're feeling that it's so important to be involved in some type of hobbyist product that they've made a new brand mm. just for it. So I, I I venture to say that you know they're going to have a few different vehicles along this this brand name. And as long as this scale push in RC continues to go, um, I think you're going to see that brand continue to grow from Associated. And um, a lot of people are in it sooner uh, than them, Um, which it's always hard to come from the outside in because uh, once you get established as the name in that, Business, it's hard to go in and replace the people that have been doing it since the beginning. So, you know, like the Axials and certain yeah. companies have—they've um, been the one, the ones known for being in that business uh, the whole time. And uh, then you got Traxxas in there now, and it's going to be a tough market. Yeah, um, but they got the name, so. Actually, yeah, I mean, they have what they have is the ability to design it well. Yep. And and then if you can get in with the people and they take you seriously um, in the market and you're passionate about it, you'll have success. Uh, you know, a lot of vehicles on the market that are selling are kind of junk, they're not really that great. Uh, people get them and then they upgrade them. Mm. Hell, a lot of it. But in this, um, I think Associate is going to make a pretty nice vehicle under this new brand. And um, I mean, I think I'm looking forward to getting one, you know, I kind of want to do that. Like I said, I'm going to do some more of it this year and be more involved. Cause I think it's important.
0: Yeah. And you can help um, them out with, uh, you know, trying to stuff out, testing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they don't necessarily think that that, is something that I can do or we can do, but you no know, one mm-hmm. once we get a hold of it, um, I think they'll see that we can be successful as well. Yeah,
0: so, um, yeah, I like it.
1: So it should be, it should be, it should be good. I mean, it is a natural. Uh, there's a lot of natural fits for us in this business because a lot of people that work with us have a passion for. Tr- you know, real trucks and real cars. So um, if it comes to on-road or touring car, we got a lot of uh, passionate guys with a lot of experience there. If it comes to trucks and off-road, we got a lot of experience and passion there. And uh, So I, I don't really see it as something um, that we'll have trouble being involved with because we've been involved with it since about 2008. We, we got into the crawler thing big back then. Um, and then the crawlers just died it was like the fastest growing thing and then it just it blew past the hobby it became this really ugly competition looking vehicle and it just killed it and then it went into scale trucks and when it went into scale trucks is when it really started growing Hmm.
0: the realism part uh, yeah. <clears throat> i watch these uh you know you know that i watch these on youtube the um from overseas they have this it seems like it's always from sweden but they have these um rigs and construction vehicles and so forth that look mm-hmm. so realistic it's unbelievable i i love watching that stuff they go through a con- construction site and they're doing stuff and it, everything looks so real it's amazing
1: yeah I mean those guys put so much
0: detail into those things. I can't imagine the money being spent, but man, it's so awesome just to sit there and watch it
1: <clears throat> yeah, and this is you know it's just we're just kind of reaching the peak of a lot of this stuff, and <clears throat> you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot a lot more to this, mm-hmm.
0: Shoot me over Kyle's number when you get a chance. to.
1: Okay. I'll be right back.
0: I can use the restroom.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, um, we'll keep talking here while Gotti's uh, taking a pause for the cause, but we're going to have a special guest today, Kyle Layton. He was the stock champion at the J-Concept Stock Nationals at OCRC Raceway. Uh, I believe last year we had Jake Thayer on the show because uh, he won he won one or two of the classes, I and mean, it could have been the year before that actually that we had Jake on. But uh, but again this year Kyle Layton won two wheel and four wheel. That was going on the same weekend as the Silver State event. So but they still they had a 300 plus entry turnout there at OCRC. Kyle was uh, in top form. So, just talking to him now, trying to schedule when to get him on. But he had he had uh, great um, great runs over there at OC, and kind of interested to hear from him a little bit. Give us a, a uh, breakdown of how the how the race went and you know what he was doing to, to get up to speed. Uh, Right now, stock is probably the largest class in RC (laughs) racing, so I think uh, Kyle should be able to give us a a nice update on how the stock industry is going. I just kind of gave a little preview into Kyle, um, what he won, and he'll be coming on the show.
0: All right, when we come back from break, Kyle Layton will join us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Be right back, guys. Break time, Jason. Go get something to drink. Go to Starbucks quick.
1: Boop, 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 I got boop, everything boop, 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 boop. already.
0: Oh. You already got yours? Yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, I'm going to run downstairs then quick. <laughs> I'll be right back. Hang in there, folks. Kyle Layton up next on the J Concepts Hotline. Here is the world
2: heavyweight champion. You know, I'll put goals?
0: something on for you. Why Same don't you give board.
2: it to him one more time? Woo! That's who's standing here today, the world heavyweight champion, only one, and you're looking, oh, girls, I can't stand it, now I got to talk, we all got to be quiet, Nikita Koloff, we've only just begun, that's the end of it, Dusty Rhodes, don't ever make a mistake! A stick in your nose in my business. If I'm down and out, I'll get up and take care of myself. So Dusty Rhodes, remember, when you walk out here, woo, talking Ric Flair, yeah. don't think you can walk in that ring and give me a hand or try to help me out and ease the tension in our relationship. Philadelphia, woo, I'm going to tear you up. Pensacola, Florida. When I get to town, we're gonna to treat all you women, woo, the way women ought to be treated. Because the NWA and some real men are going to take that civic center apart, and then we all gonna be over a rodeo, whoo, driving the women wild. Miami Beach, get ready, woo. We are on tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the
0: Rolex, the Rolex wearing, wearing
2: diamond, diamond, wearing, King
1: King stealing, stealing, He's stealing, He's stealing, He's stealing, He's riding. He's riding.
2: Son of a gun. hard time, hard time. These Woo! Uh, There's only one. Jim Crockett, when you brought me here 10 years ago, you knew that I was going to be the biggest star of them all. It costs a lot of money to bring the real world champion on location. Because you see, when you got the analysis, you know, we're family. Only an irony and Ricky. We do it better than everybody else. Don't wrap me up. The national tag team champions, the world tag team champions, Ric Flair, the world champion. All right. Wonder, the world TV champion, the national
0: wrestling lines. Oh, Woo.
1: Woo. Wow.
0: I that was okay. intense, huh?
1: I don't know if it's going to record me, but I did okay. Um Repeating the um, the Ric Flair.
0: You know, uh, sending out our thoughts to Ric Flair. He was hospitalized today,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: so hopefully everything goes well there. Uh, The reports I'm getting are that uh, it's not as serious as originally reported.
1: Okay.
0: So hopefully Rick will be all right, and. um, be back soon. Where's Kyle at?
1: California.
0: Okay. Kyle.
3: Hey, what's going on?
0: Gotti Jr. here. What's going on, man?
3: Uh, Just doing some renting right now, actually.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, got, got to t- stay on it. Yeah.
3: I've been trying. <laughs>
0: well, apparently you've been on, on it. Please. Jeez. Killing it at the Stock Nats.
1: Yeah, it was uh, quite the week for sure. Yeah. I was trying to give him a little preview before we got you on, but uh, obviously you've won a lot of stock races in the past. Um, You also won that Roar Nationals back in Omaha. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it would be kind of cool to get you on the show, talk a little bit about that, uh, the J-Concept stock Nats you ran at OC, and just a little about your racing in general. I mean, I I was thinking a little bit today about how many you've – ran just about everything now as far as race you've been, uh, you've raced a lot of different scales and classes yeah i've done pretty much everything on road now too since
3: the last 12 months and it's been it's been kind of cool you know you're doing everything and seeing all the different aspects how different everything is it's, it's way cool
1: what uh where where'd you start and how did you get into it
3: um i started i live in sacramento and i started with uh I went to the hobby shop one day and uh, one of the guys sold me a Traxxas slash and they're like yeah, there's a racetrack out there, State World Raceway, and I went out there and I kind of just like fell in love with it and first time out in the track it was super fun and I'm always been competitive, so it just kinda of suited me, I guess. And ever since then I got Master Ten and then from there the rest is history.
0: You see that, Jason, everybody's uh, starting with Traxxas now. Like but back in our day it was Tamaya.
1: Yeah. That exactly. Interesting yeah <laughs> when uh this god he's gonna love this because he, he loves this guy when did you meet uh matt francis oh yeah um I, <laughs> I haven't
3: actually met him in person but one of my friends grew up with him okay and we just kind of talked over the phone he gave me a lot of coaching when i first started you know because he was pretty pretty big and uh, if not the biggest and he kind of gave me some coaching on just had a if you want to make it a career or make, make yourself known how to do it. And I just kind of took what he said to heart and, um, just did my thing. But I haven't actually met him in person. Like I've been keeping in touch lately with him. I've been messaging, messaging him a little bit and, you know, let him know what's going on. And he
1: just, he's a cool guy, I think. Oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah. definitely.
0: Yeah. He's awesome.
1: Um, I, I brought that up because I'm pretty sure that, um, Kyle's the only guy that I've ever, that Matt Francis ever called me and said that we needed to get on board with was Kyle. Really? So (laughs) yeah, it's kind of interesting, but um, of all the phone calls you get and then getting one from Matt, who was for a recommendation for Kyle, which was kind of nice.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Matt tried to help me out back in the day, just never worked. So.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Gotti just couldn't implement it. Right?
0: No. I, I could hear what he was saying. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: So so you got this uh, Traxxas Slash. You got an SC10. You got into racing. So how did it progress along? You, obviously, you bumped into uh, friends with Matt Francis, talked to him, got him on your side. And uh, but When did you start getting a little more serious about it?
3: Well, I, I raced at the local track here. It was like, you know, SeaWorld Raceway. They're having a nap here this year for on-road. And uh, they did like off-road on the asphalt track. And yeah. so it was all a bunch of short course trucks, you know. And we had a fun time bash and I met some cool people. And um, actually I actually met some good friends there that I still talk to to this day. They come over and have dinner and stuff with us. And um, they were part of the B. Miller Racing Team. I do actually remember that. The basketball yeah. player for the Sacramento Kings, Brad Miller. Yeah, he had a racing team sponsored by Amy and Hobbies. And I became a part of that. And so we go went up to A-Main and A-Main Hobbies at Outback Raceway um, was my first dirt race. And (laughs) after that, I was like totally hooked. I borrowed a buggy and I was like, man, this is awesome. And that's, that was like, man, this is like the coolest thing ever. And from there, I just started going to other local tracks and traveling around. And um, it just kind of progressed from there kind of oddly, I guess,
1: because I didn't expect to ever be this into it you know but here we are what what do you think um drew you to getting that tracks to slash that time was it kind of whether you're kind of urged by the hobby store or did the, the vehicle what what made you get that one
3: well when i was like i mean i got that when i was like probably well 10 or 12 or 11 or 12 um and uh before that my dad had always I'd always had like you know Radio Shack RC cars and Walmart mm-hmm. RC cars and I wanted something better and I went there and asked them what was good and of course they said that was a good one and and then they said that they actually raced that stock slash class at SeaWorld. World so that's where I was like oh I can race it now too so but then I had no idea like we had no idea that that the RC, the actual race vehicles were are what they are you know what I mean like it's way different than a Traxxas car
1: yeah. Right.
3: But uh yeah, I mean that was just kind of the recommendation we went with it and it wasn't I think maybe a few months after my dad bought me a full full blown factor team SD ten kit and all the goodies to go with it.
1: So the, the track you had at the time there you're racing at, they had a really they had a good short course class then?
3: Yeah, they had actually they would get like literally a hundred like 60 to 100 tracks of slashes on a club night mm-hmm. and it was only slashes i mean that's what it was
2: <laughs> yeah and then
3: we all we all figured out that we could run you know SB 10s and the hbi blitz back then and um i think losey had a truck that was pretty good out there and mm-hmm. i mean everybody got those and the track slashes were left in the dust and we just that's where it then it kind of fell apart after that i think but um it was it was fun for sure and I, I can definitely blame the
1: Traxxas and Slash for, for doing all this. <laughs> getting, getting you hooked. Yeah. So, uh, so when did you get the a buggy for the first time where you actually bought one and kind of had to race it yourself? Yeah, I was, I went to that
3: first dirt race and we met some people up there and, uh, well, I borrowed a buggy for the race from my friend, Terry Wickham, and we went up there and I raced it and I did pretty well, um. And then I bought a used B4, um, first B4 used for like $60, bucks and put some electronics in it and went for it. And that's when I had my first buggy. And I ran into an FC-10 and then a B4. And that was my first uh, my first race setup.
1: Okay. And then you, uh, how about four-wheel? When would you get into four-wheel drive? I mean,
3: four-wheel I got the I had the B44.1, I believe. Can't remember.
1: Okay, but, uh, yeah.
3: I had that and then I went on to the point three a little bit later on.
1: I want to say the the point one the original B44 and the point one man, I loved both of those cars. Uh, definitely. Yeah, those
3: were Battle Pack cars if I remember right. Yeah. I still have one of the chassis actually.
1: I found it the other day in my box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really have a en- lot of stuff, you though. <clears throat> yeah, it probably depends on kind of what it is, but um yeah, I, we got quite a bit of stuff here too. I would only imagine <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> so getting into the racing scene, when did you feel that you, you know, things were starting to get come together a little more and you were getting faster to where you were? being more competitive on a national or level?
3: Um, I mean, the first couple of years were actually like a blur almost. Like, I can't really remember back to specific races or events, and I wish I could because I know those were some pretty fun times. And I really think, though, I mean, I ran some – I mean, we had some races up in Outback. If you remember that track in Chico.
1: Yeah. Um, for
3: like, the J-Concept races. And we had Outback shootouts, you know, and they were easily – close to 400 entries and I mean that was a local track for me but I think it brought a lot of talent and that's when I kind of when I saw you know like um, a lot of the pro guys show up and then they ran stock and I ran, I ran stock and I was making the mains and I was like man I could, I think I got a shot at this and I kind of felt more comfortable there. My first like big travel race I think was down to OCRC in 2014 for okay. J Concept Stock Nationals yeah and i borrowed a b44 this is actually part of the start of my b4 my four-wheel drive stuff was this this, this race i brought a b44 and i didn't touch it all weekend and i went out and drove it and up winning and aiming and that's when the four-wheel drive was 17.5 not 13.5 by the way so it was a struggle but uh (laughs) (laughs) it was uh, that was my first like travel race and i won and that was pretty cool and and i think it was after that that you know the I ended up getting on a couple different teams and I think you guys included, maybe it was before that. I can't remember, but, um, I think that was, that was the race that I was like, this is it. You know,
1: this is my, this is my thing. Kind of started feeling the flow. huh?
3: Yeah, that was like my, I mean, racing at a, cl- racing your home track, your local track and people showing up, I think is different than you and your travel somewhere to a place you've never been before. And you end up doing well, you know what I mean? Like it's a, whole different more rewarding thing it is you can have you know thousands of laps on a track and dirt and you go somewhere else you know you'd watch videos and see pictures and that's it and you go compete and that's what I like I mean that's the that's what I enjoy most is the traveling and meeting people and experiencing new racetracks and different events it's just I think it's really fun
2: (laughs)
1: So, what do you see as uh, you know, kind of going through the uh, the success that you've had? Uh, what what races stand out the most for you that you've you've done well? And I mean, you've raced a lot of stock, but then you know you've been running a lot of modified recently, and uh, and, and doing and doing well with it, getting up there and, and racing with the guys that are um, a little more on a, a pro level, right?
3: yeah I've, I've been running mods i mean i've been I've, after the roar nap in 2016 i kind of started to switch over if you remember um kind of i ran kind of both like i'd run mod at club racing and get some practice and big races i'd run stock but i mean like this last year like since we raced last year i think i've ran mod exclusively i didn't touch a stock car until like three weeks before stock nap actually um but i ran like uh roar naps last year at hobby action and that was a pretty tough race, but I mean I was pretty happy with some of my runs where I, I got a top ten qualifying, you know, like I was I had some pace and um some local races. You know, we have some fast guys around here and I've been pretty competitive for the front there every time. Um but some of the races now out the most I would say would be um surf city in I can't remember the years, but
1: I think twenty seventeen. It was a the little mini surfboards, right?
3: Yeah, those, yeah, I have one on my wall actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, the one where, I think you were there and Allison was there. I remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did stock. I ran stock those both those years and won both those. And then this stock nationals this year was pretty big, I think. <laughs> I wasn't, I was pretty surprised, but Roar Nas was big. Um, a couple of the Chico races were pretty big, you know, four years ago or so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just weird to think uh, all the races I've been to and have a pretty
1: good success. How about this uh, recent stock nationals? Does that one stack up pretty well? Yeah, I think
3: so. I mean, there's definitely some big competition there and I mean, I can't say that I didn't have to work for it cause I definitely did. I mean, there were some guys that, you know, we were all, all everyone was fast and within tenths of a second and qualifying and, it was a pretty crazy race to be driving in this stress and the, you know, the feeling <laughs> you get when you're that close to track and trying to gain time and you don't want to mess up. And it was, it was kind of more of a success for me and in, in my driving and my, my performance in the weekend, because I struggled toward the beginning and I kind of brought it back together at the end. And I was pretty, pretty proud of myself for that because that's pretty hard to do is a turn the weekend around like that. You know what I mean? Like you start off bad and usually it's a, uh, kind of test the tone for the whole weekend, you know what I mean?
1: An uphill battle. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
3: definitely. I've had plenty of those. <laughs> yeah. Which is okay. Yeah, so that's
1: what makes you better. Yeah, really does. So as you uh you know, as you kind of move along, uh what do you think is, you know, some goals here as you you know kinda of look to get a little better and you know do more winning like you're doing. What what are some more of the goals?
3: Yeah, I mean I like to do get some better results of some of these races around mod. I know it's really tough to do when you especially when you have, you know, the the pro pro guys show up, you know, like the Spencers and Ryan's and um those guys. But I think I think with a little more um time and you know, just some more practice, um, I can definitely be up there because I don't I actually don't get to the track that much when I'm not at a race. People don't know that but i don't i might get to the track once every two weeks or maybe once a week that's about it mm-hmm. i'm pretty busy but i i want to try to work on getting in there more and putting more time in because i i could tell like um example before we raced this year i went to the track three times a week for a month and i could okay. really tell a difference at the race you know what i mean i could just I could just, I made it a goal to do well at re-race and I made the main qualified six and almost made the main and four wheel. Um, and I just want to keep, I'm to do that more, I think. Cause it's definitely more rewarding when you do well than when you're in the B and the C main, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: There's no question about it. That's part of it. Yeah. Just practice is the big thing that I'm, I want to work on. I
1: think. So with all the, you know, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, running all these different classes that you've ran and what it takes to kind of flip back and forth, you know, between the different ones, you know, you run some 10 scale electric, obviously you run some eight scale, you, you do electric eight scale, nitro eight scale, you've done some touring car, what, what does it take to kind of run these different classes and, Not really so much on a vehicle level, but what is it doing on a driving level? Oh, hold on. Still there?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Still there? Yep. Jason, can you hear us, Jason?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm here.
0: All right. Yeah, you didn't drop off or anything. You're good. And Kyle's here, too. Okay.
3: Okay. My phone's been the problem one.
1: Yeah, so... I don't know if you heard what I was saying, but just you know, what does it take to you know, run all these different vehicles and stuff? That um, you know, what does it take to adjust and, and kind of get up to speed in these different classes?
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's different. I mean, I I ran some A skill the weekend before stock NAS. I didn't run stock. I mean, I didn't run test skill until stock NAS and that was kind of a a different deal driving wise for me because I felt like my cars were slow and I couldn't really it feels weird on them but it's just kind of a thing you just get i think you just get a feel for after a while if you just keep switching back and forth or if you drive one for a long time you kind of get stuck in a rut i think so i i try to kind of vary my driving um even i I don't run much four wheel vibration and stuff because you don't have much of a class for it but when i run two wheel and i go run four wheel like re-race or something i can definitely tell a difference in the driving because you're kind of like timid and you got to just Kind of when you go on the stand, you got to think, this is what car I'm driving. This is how I have to drive it. And I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's definitely a learning curve. I will say that.
1: What do you think you, you know, at this point, the stuff you've been running, um, what do you think is, is suiting you the best? What what do you think, like, feels more natural?
3: Um, two-wheel drive is my kind of my my favorite. I don't know if that's because that's what I started with was all two wheel drive stuff or you know, people say I drive really smooth and I don't push my four wheel drive cars hard enough, but I don't know, I can't really get past that for some reason. It's hard to it's hard to do. People think it's easy just to change your driving style like, you know, overnight, but it just doesn't happen. Right. So I've been working on my four wheel driving and I, I went and ran some A-scale A skill a couple weeks ago and I've kind of worked on I just went and ran tank after tank after tank and just practiced my driving. They didn't even care about my car, just wanted to drive, you know. I think that's what I don't know. I think I think two wheel it's definitely my favorite class, wheel drive buggy, Stock or mod. But mod mod's fun, gets a lot of power. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um one thing you mentioned when you started that uh I was thinking about today was uh, one of the videos you had shared and we're going to have to have, um, maybe you can <laughs> find it for us again to give to Gotti, but, um, of you driving on the outdoor asphalt track with your off-road, I think it was either truck or it was a buggy or a short course, but you said that you did that when you started early, but it looked like, um, you kind of went back and did a little bit more of it later on, uh at the time I remember seeing it and was like, you know, this kind of makes some sense to me because it was, it seemed kind of easy to set up in a parking lot. And I mean, now what we're doing on carpet and AstroTurf, it's not really like all that different. (laughs) Um, no, it's wrong. So, um, yeah, explain a little bit how that, how came about and, you know, what that was like.
3: Well, I mean, that's kind of where I started and, we have a group of friends here and like my area that that's where we all kind of met. And so it's kind of like a, I don't know what the word is, like a old school thing for us or bring it back the memory. So the track changed ownership when I posted that, you know, and I went back to him and I said, Hey, I want to start this program back up again and run some off road on the track. And I said, yeah, let's do it. So my dad and I and some friends built some jumps and we went out there and we had, we had a pretty good turnout for a while, you know, like 30, 40 entries maybe. Um, and it was just kind of a good, like throwback kind of thing for, for my my racing, and our friends, and it's just it's fun and it's kind of funny because now that I go race on like a a turf track, like you said, or a carpet track, it's kind of like almost the same exact thing, and it brings back the memories to me. I think that's why I like it so much. It's just uh, like, like a throwback. It's it's just it's just fun.
1: Yeah, I, I mean. Time. Yeah, I mean, when I watched it, I was like, you know, I, I actually kind of like the look of this. Uh, the video I saw, I mean, you were really hauling ass, but um, it was probably <laughs> a little like above what I would consider people starting at, of course. But yeah. um, but you could see it had those fundamental things and an easy setup. Um, the cool thing, the cool
3: thing about it, people that starting out was that like, I mean, carpet and astral, I mean, you have tires. I mean it's, tires are easy to figure out but you have tire wear sometimes and it's uh kind of like you have to have a car that's set up for like a high bite kind of thing um but on the asphalt like that i mean i ran like my my buggy right off the dirt the clay track with some worn out slicks on it and it was like just as, good as anything else i mean i tried different stuff and it was just kind of an easy way for people to start out and kind of get a feel for it and you know it was clean it was easy and it was fun. We had so many laps up on the stand and short course just beating fenders and banging doors in. It was so much fun.
1: You had a ton of practice probably doing that too.
3: Yeah, and it was easy practice. I mean, and it just, that's like on-road and off-road. I mean, you're on an on-road track, so layouts are kind of cool. Um, and just, you can just run, 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 and just, yeah, like you said, it's practice. practice. That's, that's what you need.
1: What do you uh, from um, kind of jumping around, but you know, what do you see on coming up, coming down the road? You know, you started short course. Um, you know, you um, you know got into buggy. You know, like we said, you've been running all these different classes. But when you're out and about, do you see anything that sticks out to you that maybe could be growing or or could be uh, something of interest for people? That you know, kind of is that slash, you know, that kind of got you into it, because we're, you know, from my perspective, what I'm seeing is we're missing that entrance, entry level vehicle right now. Do you see anything out there that uh, kind of gives us, you know, maybe something around the corner or something maybe that most people don't think about that is an interest kind of vehicle? Well, in the off road stuff, honestly, I don't
3: because. I mean, it's just so competitive and as soon as as soon as you make a class for like a, a spec class, you know you have the guys that are going to jump in it and they're going to not I wouldn't say ruin it, but they're going to they're going to push a limit and it kind of people don't want to put that kind of work in. I mean, they want to go to the track with their family and have some fun. And I really think I've been going up to a local oval track recently and checking it out and I think the oval scene is blowing up because it's just a simple um I think it's a simple, fun way for people to race. I think it's, there's no jumps to worry about. Anyone can drive an oval car, I think. I mean, it's just, there's not, you know, a bunch of left and rights and up and downs and bumpy tracks, you know. I think the oval is going to take off for that reason. And I, I've seen it here, you know, like Chico has an oval track now, um, a couple of other local oval tracks. And I think, I think that's going to be like the new, um, what's the word? The new like entry level thing, like you said. Yeah, the entrance to <clears throat> Yeah, it's even feels it to me in a way because it's just it's some good racing. It's like real oval racing. It's
1: just good racing. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's something that you can get into and it, it has a seems like you can get on and get in it on a low uh I don't want to say low cost point, but a low skill point. Um yeah. And I think they have, when I mean, they have classes
3: that are, you know, like a stock slash class there, you know, another example of a slash, and they have slash overrated, they've seen and um, people can go bring their car that they bought from the, from the hobby store and go ran, run it. I mean, you can do it in off-road, but the off-road tracks, you know, as well as me is that they're not as fun to drive when they don't work well, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: People want that. They want their car to look like the pros are on the track, and it's not going to happen until they either get practice and spend some money, which people don't want to commit to that all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's great information. So, um, you know, kind of uh, on your path, you know, you're uh, obviously getting better. Uh, like we mentioned, the results and kind of climbing the ladder there. What do you think is? Uh, we don't want to ask. We don't ask people this that often maybe i just thought of it to ask you but why why are these guys like the the mayfields and cavalaries and why are these guys so good and um what do you think the difference is for people trying to climb the ladder to get to that point what do you what do you think people are missing or in their <laughs> preparation or techniques or uh you know what? What is it going to take for somebody to get to that level? And you know what do you see? Because you're competed against them with them, um, and you're kind of trying to climb that ladder. But what do you see is going on uh, from that side of things?
3: Well, the those guys. I mean, obviously, people always say that they get paid, and that's their job, and yada yada yada, and that's true. But I think, uh, I mean, I know that we're all humans and we're all capable of doing the same thing if we want to do it right. So um, from what I see, it's from my experience, most of this whole thing, if you have the speed on the track to do it, I mean, if you have lap times that are close to them, then you're obviously showing that you're on pace and you have the capability to do it. And it's all just mental from there on on I think, because how many times you see somebody that's like, in nationals or something when those guys on the track and they have they're they're competing with, you know, the people like me or somebody else and we're on a good run and um then the person crashes. Well I mean if they have the speed but they just mentally they're not ready yet. And I think that's what people need to work on is focusing on their mental uh I can't think of the word like their mental confidence or maturity and just focus on not letting anything get to them. I mean, people have a little mistake or they crash or whatever, and they get all bent out of shape. And I think that's, that's, I mean, those guys are like, Mayfield is just so spot on with everything. If you watch them you get the same mark, the same thing. It's like a machine. And it's like, anyone can do that as long as they can, they believe they can do it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been working on. Just mentally like getting in the zone and doing your thing up there on the stand.
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to remember. I watched you run a very, you know, you've always, I've always seen you run a lot of good stock runs, and but then when you make that climb to modified, um, I've seen you make some good ones recently. Um, I can't remember if you were at the Desert Classic that I'm thinking about or the Roar Nationals when it was at Hobby Action, but I remember you having some really good runs there, and that track is really hard.
3: Yeah, I wasn't at Desert Classic this year, but I was there last year. I was at every race there in 2018 for Desert Classic, JC, and then the uh, Roar Nats. Mhm.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, you putting definitely... in some good runs,
3: and yeah, I had in... a couple good ones. Just couldn't put them in the same <laughs> in the same class, the same time before it kept the count, you know. But that's what, what... I mean. It's, it's all... consistency.
1: What's your take on on that? On, uh, on racing on a track like that where you're running slicks uh, and the dirt's a little different than some of the others and um, what do you think it, it's like um, you know trying to compete on, on, a, on a track like that
3: I think that's one of the tough, that that surface and those that are like it are probably the toughest ones to race on um, not to drive on but to race on because when you're racing you're in a whole different mindset and you want to push your car so hard to be fast and everybody's pushing their cars to be fast and you have to kind of hang on to that thing for for the, for the whole race and you got to be perfect to win and that's what it is because if one guy's perfect everybody's got to be perfect um anybody that knows me knows i hate slicks and uh <laughs> but i mean i don't mind tracks like that that are kind of like a dry slick the wet slicks i do without but i'll race on it you know i'll race anything uh-huh. but I don't prefer it, but yeah, the, those tracks, the dry slicks, you know, you have, there's a groove and you have a dust group, dust line and, you know, tires are important. Compounds are important now. Um, it's like, it just gets so complicated that it's like, it's tough to do, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, a lot of people bring up these days, uh, and obviously you're a, a little bit in, in this uh, side of it, because you, do you still... Uh, You guys still promote and use some of the the cheater racing products, right? Yep. Talk a little bit about that, the tire sauce stuff, and kind of how you got into that, and how that's kind of affecting um, where that place is is right now in off-road racing. Tire sauce as a whole? yeah i think you know kind of how you got into having some products you know with the you know the tire traction involved and then where that fits in today
3: um well it kind of happened because we hated i mean the tire sauces when we started were i mean smelly and you know you you get headaches and i mean i guess it still happens with some stuff but my dad came up with this stuff that it worked really well and there wasn't we used, to, we used to go to Chico a lot, and it was like a, enclosed rooms for pitting. Remember before the remodel? Yeah, one?
1: very tight it was, in uh, there.
3: Was, yeah, and it was like, that's where we kind of got the idea, because it was like really bad. I mean, the buggy rip stuff, and the paragon, and it was like, you'd walk in and walk out with a headache, so we designed the stuff to um, that wouldn't do that, and it worked well, and I've been using it I mean, poof. Probably for a long time now. <laughs> I can't remember, but Man, I mean, I use it at every track I go to, unless there's a spec sauce, but it's great stuff. And I think the saucing thing, I mean, I think it's important, but I think sometimes it gets a little bit out of hand. Um, you know, I don't know. The tire, the whole tire prep thing nowadays, I think, is getting out of hand. I mean, it's too, I don't know. I know you know a lot about it, and I'm not a big fan of it, but you got to do it to be on, be on pace. But the saucing thing, I think, needs to be, kind of addressed in maybe a little bit more uh what am i looking for in the word uh, i know what you mean a little more uh, <laughs> yeah yeah like it's we need it like it definitely helps to do it but sometimes just like people go a little bit overboard with it i think and it just kind of ruins it for everybody mm-hmm. um i don't know if there could there's no way the problem is the people, tracks have tried to police it and, and you know, control it, but people always find a way around it, and that's the problem. So then it's kind of like, well, it we might as well let it go the way it was, and it ends up back where we started from. But I, I don't know. There was no tire sauce back in the day, was there? Like years ago.
1: The first time I remember using tire sauce was around 1996. <laughs> um, well, then that's the year I was born. <laughs> oh yeah. man! So, um. That's the first time I remember using tire traction. Um, I remember guys saying back as far as 94, or no, wait.
0: Yeah, but Chris Bing, I think think actually
1: 95 was the, 95 I think was the first time I remember using tire traction. 94 is when I remember people hearing, or remember hearing about the possibility of people doing it, but I don't think I ever did use any then. But for 95 is when it kind of started happening. Then I want to say 96 Associated started selling a product called Traction Action (laughs) that we were using. And... yeah, and then uh, Trinity got into a big time with Kinwald because then once Kinwald got into tire traction, it just it, it was it, it was such a big thing. And uh, but yeah, I mean we've been doing it uh, since that time. And you think it's, it's gotten worse? What's gotten worse, I think, is the pre and post prep. Of saucing. It used to be we would mount a new set of tires, then we would sauce them, go run, come back, sauce again, and run. And that was really it. That was really the only um, part to it. Where guys are doing now, where they break in the tires on like a drill, then you sauce them, and then either burn burn them in, or <laughs> or or heat them. Um, That's the most fun part. Yeah, and to me, um, that's what's gotten, uh, that's been what's been different is the the before and after prepping of of the tire. And I think that's the part. The first step we could eliminate are those two. If we could eliminate the the front side of any kind of um, heating or burning in, and then the burning in before you race. Um, And and when I say burn it in, it's not like you're setting it on fire, but guys speed the tires up on the drill and then apply the tire sauce to a rag. And then, so the tire gets warm while you're saucing it. Right. Yep. I've done that once or twice. I'm guilty of it. Yeah. And and anytime anybody says that it's better or faster, you got to do it because you're racing um yep but that's the part of the hand i think that's the, that, that's, the problem. that's the problem yeah yeah and um that's the only part that i don't really like about indoor racing uh right now is a lot of that type of thing that's why guys have gone you know astroturf and carpet because it's a little easier from that standpoint but uh yeah i think if we could take it's that part weird. out go ahead
3: oh see, okay. it's kind of weird how like the tire prep thing, like it seems like it happens to the same tracks over and over again. I mean, if yeah. I mean, like we go to OCR seat or something, it's like I mean, we don't tend to do that quite as much to do other tracks, and I'm kind of like thinking why. I mean, it's like the same tires at the same same kind of thing. So, I mm-hmm. mean, is it actually beneficial? Is my question, I guess.
1: Yeah, I um, I mean, I remember being at our race this year at the Desert Classic, and you know, Mayfield had access to the much more tire heaters he could he could heat them up on his drill and burn it in if he wanted and I remember him doing a run and coming back and going none of this stuff makes a difference I'm just going to run it normal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, but you have to be talented enough to be able to prove that that's not faster and if you're not up to that speed then you just start matching people that you think are going fast because of that so uh, yeah you think that's the reason yeah you you think that's it so i, I think that's part of it yep
3: yeah because i was at like uh nationals last year and people were you know doing prepping tires you know hobby action people were prepping tires and stuff and i was just thinking like all this work i'm going to do to my tires and it gave me what maybe a tenth or two a lap right and then I'm going to go out there and if I crash one time I'm going to lose four seconds so is it worth it for me to even you know waste my time or should I focus on my own my own problems
1: first you know yeah and I mean that's and that's that's a logical way to look at it and that's how I always looked at it um, you know when I was doing my serious racing was just like look I'm using this as the final step like if I feel I like got everything together then I want to make sure I have that together and then I can um, try to meet meet at the summit, but um, yeah, if I'm out there crashing four, five, six times, you know, like you see some people do, and they still think they gotta do all this work, it's like, look, you really need to clean up some things on your end first.
3: Yeah, and that's the same thing with stock racing that I see all the time, is you gotta have the fastest motor, and the fastest battery, and the fastest this and that, but you go out and you crash four times, so how was that fast stuff you got? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's same yeah. exact thing, but logic. And that's what I've been telling everybody that I've been helping recently is you gotta, you gotta focus on your driving and staying clean and then, then you can win some races. But I mean, that's, that's the number one right there in my book
1: yep that's what i always tell everybody i'm like you got to be able to put in however long the qualifier is it's got to be clean it's got to be fast but most importantly clean if you're doing that you're going to maximize what you can do if you're crashing i don't care how fast you are it's not going to work yep i 100 percent agree so um so so we'll we'll, um go back over you got a, a race coming up um we've been talking a little bit about, which is at the Manufacturer's Cup. Yep. Um, I think you've ran it a couple times in the past. Go over the that event at Inchico at their outdoor track a little and explain to everybody what that's all about.
3: Yeah, it's been a really good event. Kevin puts it on. Amy puts it on. It's a really great race. Um, Kevin layouts are always good, as you know. Um, in a pretty cool format because the uh, expert or pro guys, we run – um, heads up every race there's no main events so it's kind of like where style. style um, it's four four rounds um, each race is 14 minutes for nitro 10 minutes for electric and we start heads up motocross style like on a staggered grid kind of like three was it four rows of three or something and uh we run heads up for 14 minutes every time and it's like so much fun uh, but then they i think they take the like highest finishing open driver or something to do points and they figure out which manufacturer had like the best overall performance i'm not quite sure how that works but it's something to that effect but it's a pretty cool race chico puts on a great show the track is awesome Dessert's awesome it's just a
1: fun time for sure i wish you were coming this year jason but <laughs> yeah we you have to settle for thomas um we yeah. got it'll be uh, good we got a big um we got a big run of events um, not only for me but uh, there's some others but so you got the manufacturers cup that you that we're talking about then the the very next weekend is AMS mm-hmm. and then it's 2 weeks then the roar nationals so yeah, wow. what so what I was trying to do is I was trying to take off manufacturers cup Uh, We have an event uh, actually the same weekend that AMS is going on. So Paul and Thomas are going to do AMS and, uh, you know, Ryan and Ryan and Spencer, uh, the guys are going to be at AMS, but um, I actually am going to horizon for their horizon fest. They have a, uh, they have a conference before the horizon fest. And then they actually have the uh, horizon fest event, which is the same weekend. So them being a, obviously a, a big customer and uh, able to put on the big time event like this fest um i'm looking forward to to checking it out um, yeah absolutely. and then of course the roar nationals which is in uh, Hutto, texas which actually probably one of my favorite tracks to go to um in huddo covered eight scale track um, one of the best for, for sure summer time so uh, let's give a, a little uh, schedule here of what you got coming after Manufacturers Cup. What are you going to do the rest of the year and what races are you going to be trying to take in?
3: Yeah, so doing the Manufacturers Cup. And the weekend after, I'm doing just a JBRL down here at Empire, one of our local a skill Tracks. And then I'm taking, I have to take a couple weeks and do some other stuff. Um, and so I'm going to be racing for a couple weeks, probably till end of June. I might I'm trying to go to the race at um Rainman's, I think is the end of June, the old Hot Rod Hobbies shootout or something, they renamed it. Yeah. Um, might do yeah. that
1: one. Okay.
3: And then I'm I'm looking to do I'm going to do the on-road uh electric nationals here at Steve World for a stock touring car. And then I'm as of right now, I'm planning to go to off-road nets in Ohio. That's not, I guess it's not to like August, but I think July is pretty open. I might go out and do some a somewhere. August I'm doing the Dwellers Nationals and then Surf City. I think that's in September this year, if I heard right. Um, and then probably some littler events around here locally, support the local tracks a little bit, and then always go to Top Gun at SDRC in December might be missing something, but that sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Pretty close. I don't do a lot of on-road, so I'm going to try to, like July, I'm going to focus on getting my on-road stuff dialed in for nationals and then get my off-road stuff going for off-road nat So I'll be kind of busy just getting some practice in and making sure I do good at those races.
1: Um, let's, uh, while we're thinking about it, let's uh, kind of give a rundown of your sponsors that are helping
3: yeah. you and yeah. everybody helps me out a ton and i can't thank everybody enough obviously you guys at j concepts have been totally awesome i think this is like year five maybe mm-hmm. six. um team associated um brent and all the guys help out a ton um i'm thankful for uh team powers and eric over at norcal hobbies for I, mean, I ran all the electronics and been helping out recently with uh managing the team and stuff. And I've been enjoying that and he's been super big help. Get me to races and making sure everything is dialed in, um, San with the good radios and some, my, uh, painter Walden, he's got some good bodies for me now. And, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: everything's been pretty solid this year so far. been pretty happy. And then, um, I got some, uh, fun questions. That I found on the internet oh. okay. uh, that I wanted to ask. Oh. Uh, Gotti's never even seen these.
0: No, I haven't. Okay. Uh,
1: I have okay. some questions
0: here from fans so, also.
1: Okay, well we'll get yeah. we'll do this and then we'll do the fans. Okay. Good. Um, <laughs> right, well, here's one. Now, here's who's, one. who's
0: these questions for?
1: For, for Kyle. Okay. <laughs> but if if you want to an- you can answer too, Gotti. This is <laughs> All and, right. and they're going to be all over the place. They're going to be a little all over the place. Uh, this first one's like so-so. Yeah. Um, what would you name your boat if you had one? Name a boat? Well, yeah. I can say we named our old
3: boat, but that kind oh, of okay. probably ruins the question.
1: That's no, okay.
3: <laughs> we had a boat up at a, a lake, and it was like parked all year, and we had a cabin, and we named it Fish and Tails. Cause we go mm-hmm. fishing like a couple times a week. So that was kind of our little thing, our little, little fun, fun thing we had up there. So that kind of ruins the, if I had one, cause I had one and that was, that was it. <laughs> okay. Gotti, How
1: about you?
0: The flying wasp. <laughs> Do you know what that's from Jason? No. Caddyshack. Come on, man.
1: Oh, I, I was thinking of, uh, The movie with John Candy, the name name of the boat, Suck My Wake. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that?
0: Yep. Great Outdoors, yep.
1: Okay, next question. What will finally break the internet? Uh, Fortnite, probably, I'm
3: going
0: to guess. Okay. Fortnite. How about
3: about Gotti?
0: What would finally break the internet?
1: Yeah. What will finally break the Man,
0: I don't know. Gosh. Uh,
1: This podcast. Yeah, this podcast. Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It'll break it. Okay. Not in a good way. Not this episode, I mean, this whole podcast. I I know,
3: yeah, in a a good way, in a good
1: way. (laughs) What celebrity would you rate as a perfect 10? Ooh. I I don't know. I'm not a big celebrity person. I, I really don't know. Britney Spears. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. With, which fictional character would be the most boring to meet in real life?
3: I'm thinking uh Patrick from SpongeBob.
0: Okay. What? Boring. Yeah. Patrick would be he awesome.
3: Talk a lot, but he'd be pre- he'd be pretty funny though.
0: He'd be cool to hang out with. He's you know. Dumb. Yeah,
3: and... it's pretty chill.
1: <laughs> but to be boring at the same time, I think. I know some people like that. What is the best and worst purchases you've ever made? That's an easy one. Tracks, track's
3: slash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure okay. I'm sure Jason was already thinking that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was yours, Jason? Uh,
1: you're, I'm asking
0: the question. Oh, come on. <laughs> no. What,
1: so what's the worst? What's the worst one, Kyle? Um. Worst purchase ever.
3: Yeah.
0: Traxxas Slash. I don't
3: know. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I spent a lot. Of, I spent a lot of money on this RC stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I it's, wouldn't it's, have and bought that $200 kit. I wouldn't be yes. out tens <laughs> of thousands of dollars.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's the
3: reality of it right there. It is. <laughs> I don't even want to know how much money I've spent. It's been a lot. Well, my dad spent mm-hmm. a lot of money on me too, but yeah, you know, combined it's it's been a lot. Okay, how about
1: how about this? Um, what are some things that sound like compliments but are really insults?
0: <laughs> I'm keeping uh, these questions are just for Kyle. I'm out.
1: Can you you repeat the question? Yeah. What are some things that sound like compliments but are actually insults? I was thinking of something like RC when you come off the stand
3: and someone like says something. I can't think of what it is though. And it's like they're being nice, but they're actually saying that you suck, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So like like, I I was just I'm just thinking of this now. So you come off the driver's stand and you crash like four times, and a guy's like, "Hey, nice run." (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's it that's it like good run good job
3: nice try oh nice try that's a good one I've heard nice a couple try
1: times. yeah i don't like nice I don't try, like that one.
3: Just nice out try here.
1: Lame. yeah just out here trying i mean i like kyle he's a good trier
0: good trier
1: <laughs>
3: yeah I, I, I sounds like something lot. i'd say i never do but i try yeah that yeah. would
1: be that's a tough one i've actually so, heard that i think a couple times <laughs>
0: At least you tried.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and okay. I'll I'll stop after uh... <laughs> he has like a thirty question, but <laughs> Okay, I, I got I got a few more. Um this one's for Gotti. Oh. What's a bot what's a body part that you wouldn't mind losing? <laughs> 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 oh man. Um, <laughs> we're gonna start flip flopping these questions. So Gotti has to come up, and then Kyle comes. I'm glad he's starting with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I can. That's why I moved it
0: over. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I I wouldn't mind. I, you know, if I had to lose a body part, I guess it would just be an arm. I mean, I could do without. I an arm? I, yeah. What the heck? I mean, if I had to pick a body a part,
1: car. huh? Not a toe.
0: Oh, well, you're going down to like – okay, I thought you meant uh, – all right. Uh, I mean, big deal, so I lose a toe. Who cares? I mean, but I'm talking about – let's go with the uh, arms, legs, head. So <laughs> uh, – Yeah, I mean, uh, if it had – yeah, an arm, a finger, something like that. Yeah. I wouldn't care.
1: The next ones for for Kyle. Because I think he's got some experience here, and then so does Hello. his dad. So does his dad. What's your biggest screw up in the kitchen? Ooh. Well, my dad, I don't
3: think he's burned any cookies. But, <laughs>
0: uh,
3: in the kitchen? I uh, caught the barbecue on fire a couple times trying to help my dad barbecue some chicken, and that wasn't very good. I fell back, <laughs> he's like the expert, and I'm like, do know what I'm doing? You're not you doing the uh, barbecue guy.
0: Okay. I, uh, I, I melted a pot once. A
1: metal pot?
0: Yeah, apparently. I don't know. I I had boiling water on the stove and I forgot about it for a few hours. And I came back and the pot was (laughs) like completely deformed and it was melting. Like it looked like it was melting, you know what I mean? But yeah, it was really bad. You can ask Carrie about it. She, she could back that story up. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm okay. sure. I mean, I don't know. What are, what are the pots made out of, Jason? Aluminum or something? Some kind of, you know what I mean?
1: Well, they call it pot metal, right?
0: I don't know. But, you know, I had, the, I had a cheap pot. You know, it's not like, you know, not a fancy one. Like,
1: I think it's supposed to be steel. It's like, yeah. like, it's like poured stainless steel. Molten metal.
0: It's something cheap, though, obviously. But I mean, I left it on the stove for I think two hours.
1: Hmm. That's impressive.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. all right. So
1: here's who, who are we on now? We're on. We're on Gotti. Um, what's the closest thing to real magic? What? Yeah, the closest thing you've seen <laughs> to real magic.
0: Uh. I don't know. Uh, watching Joel Johnson race.
1: Okay, that's good. <laughs> Pretty good.
3: I have a question for right. you. Where did you find the questions?
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm not really feeling yeah, this... my source.
0: Hey, Kyle, I might be <laughs> editing this. I might be editing this out of the show. But anyway,
1: hopefully, I have good editing skills.
0: I'm looking up photos Mm -hmm. on Google of pots that have melted and there's a perfect photo here and I'm going to show it to you and this is what it looked like. So I'll send it through to you, Jason. What
1: ridiculous, what ridiculous thing has someone tricked you into doing or believing? This this, this is a full (laughs) racing thing. You could, you could uh, answer this on a racing level. Um, so, what if someone tricked me into it in the racing world? Yeah, you could just say, What's something that somebody tricked you into, or they just led you to believe something, and then later you're just like, Oh, this is BS.
3: Man, that's a tough one. I can't, I can think of some funny stuff, but uh, I'm like looking at my car and I'm trying to figure out what i had ever done wrong to my car that would be funny. <laughs> that someone's told me that it should have been one way. I honestly don't know. Everyone's been pretty good to me.
0: Let's get a change. Okay. That.
1: This this one will be forgotten because it applies. <laughs> if you were if you were given a one minute ad slot during the Super Bowl, but it wouldn't sell, what would you fill it with? So basically, you know what I, you know what I mean. Like you couldn't sell a one minute spot, and you had to fill it with something. What would you fill it with?
0: Radio Impound Podcast ad.
1: Okay, that's fine.
3: That would be my guess.
1: Uh, okay, so for Kyle, what's the most useless talent that you have? Huh? Useless talent? I mean,
3: I can juggle. That's pretty useless. All
1: right, that's not
3: bad.
0: <clears throat> I can't answer but mine I'm on cool here. <clears throat> i mean i could but
1: uh... you could it's a useless talent (laughs) not your best talent Oh,
0: anyway we'll get to these fans questions uh some listeners sent questions in uh this is from tom rockwell and uh at the stock that's what timing and gearing did kyle find to work best and also slipper cutch or lockout.
3: Okay, so I actually went to the race with I had I built a brand new factory light car for local race and I took it there with me, and I had a lockout in it. But I ended up running my mod car with pucks in it, which had a slipper in it. So that's the first answer, I guess. Okay. Um, Second, so which I can grab my car and look at it, but I believe. I'm not really reading stuff like most people think. Um, the Team Powers Motors, I ran a 29.72 with 45 degrees of timing, I believe. Damn. Cranked. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It was actually timed a little more for the qualifiers, but a 10-minute main, I decided I should probably turn her down with a notch or two just to okay. make sure she'd finish. That's good. It didn't get hot, though, which I was kind of surprised. Hmm.
0: Hey, Jason, uh, this listener wants to know, uh, could J-Concepts help Kyle with a plane ticket to attend one of the J-Concepts-sponsored Border Wars races?
1: Border Wars?
0: Yeah, what's that?
1: Does Kyle know which one that is? The Border Wars?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a series in the... New Mexico, Texas, like nitro racing.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I know. Um,
3: Tony. Uh, I think his name's Tony. I can't, can't pronounce his last name with an H. I think he's a Jay Consens guy over there. Maybe he knows more about it than I do.
1: Mm-hmm. I know yeah, I mean, a lot. I I remember the the flyer, seeing the flyer on Facebook, but but um, yeah, I think it'd be kind of odd to. For you to do a travel eight scale race, but um, I was thinking more like doing a J Concepts race. Um, yeah, we need. do need... a J Concepts race? <laughs> well, actually, this weekend is uh, the race oh. in Tacoma, the, the INS race in Tacoma. Oh, it is.
3: Oh. Man. I always forget oh. about this one because like a busy time of year locally, and then I always like bypass it because the next weekend is like a Manufacturers <laughs> Cup
1: close mm-hmm. to it next year we remind me okay jason <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll give you the uh the heads up yeah uh yeah but we need some more information about the border wars
0: all right well that question was from jimmy the prez oh, okay
1: so jimmy well you're sponsoring the race aren't you jason I think we're a sponsor, but we're not the only sponsor. It's not like our series, or oh, we're one of the supporting sponsors. Okay.
0: All right, Jimmy, uh, shoot us some info over. Yeah. Uh, Nate, ask uh, who does your who does your fancy turnbuckles. <laughs> Nate,
3: that must be Nate Burns. Nate Burns, he yeah. Does form, uh, yep, he does my blingin' J Concept turnbuckles, blue and Kashima colored. Oh. Pretty dialed
0: so yep. um so Nate offers that of as clubs. a service
3: thanks thanks Nate <laughs> yeah yeah he uh hey, say that again
0: so you can uh send your turnbuckles to him to Nate and he'll do them up for you
3: yeah he does uh, turnbuckles screws the the fancy j cons the shock standoffs anything titanium studs. sweet axles. Anything. All right.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go, listeners. You can contact Nate Burns. He's right there on our um, questions for Kyle. Um, Nate Dog. Nate Dog. Justin Moon <laughs> asks, uh, "Who has helped you in the past that has helped you get to where you are today?"
3: That'd be a lot of people. He he's he's one of them, but uh, my dad's been a big help and. Uh, like, all, like I guess that all the local guys that um, were there when I started have been pretty much with me. They're still with me here, you know, um, helping me out and checking in my race results. And, yeah, it's just a lot of people helped me out and all my sponsors help me out a ton every race I go to. And I'm very thankful for all that.
0: All right. Uh, this next question is from Chris Trudeau. Uh, Chris asks, what's the biggest challenge facing racers in stock?
3: Yeah. Wow, that's a pretty broad question, but I think we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um,
0: he he also I mean, says, "Do you find the motor wars to be a factor?"
3: Um, yes and no. I think it's important to have a good motor, but I think sometimes people get a little bit um, too into it, you know, like with the little motor boxes and stuff. Like people that know that I race, like know that I've had some motors for me that I've gotten from my sponsor before like that have been kind of like picked through or picked the best ones but for stock nats I got a box of six motors two for each car and I took the wrapping off of them and that's what I ran so nothing special there and I don't I don't think it kind of goes back to my thing where I said earlier um, where you're uh, mentally and your consistency is more important than your equipment right because like if you make up say i guess at a tenth or two a lap at the faster motor then you crashed once then why have
1: it right right mm-hmm.
0: jason what are you doing over there printing something out
1: i printed something <laughs> <laughs> i'm still working over here J-
0: jason's still working yeah
1: okay. um i'm do- sort of renting but not really Anodizing
0: his turnbuckle. Well, you said you're wrenching now. Here's the oh, other part. Here's the other part oh, of that Nate question. That, I uh, tool, your favorite tool in the pit box you can't leave home without.
3: Um, favorite tool in the pit box. Well, you have to have a two millimeter to work on your car. Yeah. Uh,
1: well,
3: favorite <laughs> cool tool um, would definitely be the uh, little nut driver for the
1: shock standoff or for the shock nut. Mm -hmm. The J-Compers one, of course. Yeah. That little thing is definitely nice when you got to put those front shocks on. Yep.
3: And then the bottom ones, too, on the back, if you put the little stud in the arms like everybody does nowadays. Yeah. Yep. As as simple as it is, it's very, very, very effective.
0: Uh, Derek Stevenson wants to know, how often should one send it?
3: <laughs> every time, every time. You know that's what Allison, Allison
0: Rona weighed in on that one. She said, "As often as possible."
3: Dude, she knows what's up.
0: That's right. Thomas Tran wants to know where where's the awesome cookies at.
1: Ah, yeah. Now we're getting down. It will be a manufacturer's cup, Thomas. <laughs> Here we go.
3: Maybe uh, maybe we'll send a bag home with them or something.
0: What's that all about? Fill me in.
3: Oh my uh, my dad, he uh comes to the track and he brings his homemade chocolate chip cookies and oh, the, honestly, people, everybody says they're probably the best cookies they've ever had. And his nickname at the track that um, a couple guys gave him was Mister Fields, <laughs> like Mrs. Fields, you know, Mister Fields. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so everybody every time i go to the race they'll come by my pits and you got cookies you got cookies and it's kind of like a little fun thing you know in the pits and sometimes they'll bring some some bread or something for jason and allison but yeah that's only special for you guys too by the way jason what's that That's on it every weekend occurrence oh, really the, the, the bread and stuff yeah Ooh, yep okay <laughs> so next time to come out here you gotta place your order
0: Okay. Maybe we can get Pops to send send some cookies to the studio.
3: Yeah, she me that, we'll eat some.
0: I'd love to try <laughs> that. Yeah. Hmm.
3: I know Allison wanted some barbecue last week when
1: she shut my order out. I don't know if you saw that, Jason. She was asking. I saw that somewhere. I was like, man, she's getting three special orders in everywhere.
3: <laughs> well, she's helping me out, you know, get my order out. That's good. This weekend, so She's
1: awesome. I'm glad. I am uh, appreciate uh, you saying that. Yeah. Never a complaint there, for sure. All right, Kyle. Give a, give a shout out to you. I don't, did you do your sponsors already, or did we cut through that?
3: No, we did. We did. I think we're good. All right. I am going to do them again. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's okay. Good.
0: The more, the better.
3: Yeah. The most important ones here anyways. Yeah. Right. Here we go.
0: Associated J concepts. Yep.
3: All right.
1: Yeah. Rip. Do do rip. stickers, Body. What well, was You get of... some stickers for me. You want stickers from me.
0: Oh, really? You, you would, you would uh, run yeah, them shoot for me? me?
3: Yeah. Shoot, shoot me your logo because I make my own stickers. So I'll just print them out.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Boom. Done. Done deal. I'd really appreciate Let's... that, Kyle. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Shoot me a, uh I can send my email and. Oh, um, Jason can or I can, or yeah. something.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll hook up on Facebook then. We'll, I'll send you a message, give you my info. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate that.
3: Cool.
0: It was yeah. great having you on the show, man.
3: Yeah, it was fun. Thank you.
0: All right. Big, big thanks to Kyle Layton for being on the pod. That was really awesome. Um, we wrapped it up there at the end. Uh, as soon as Kyle hung up, we had, had some issues with the audio. It's, um, up here in PA, we've been having, you know, just horrible weather. And um, during the pod, it was, um, you know, I was holding my breath because uh, my internet's just really sketchy when uh, the weather's bad. And it was pouring, and it was windy during the recording. But uh, we were able to get it in, so that's good. I was happy with that. Um, but, yeah, towards the end here, we just... It was real quick, and we, uh, Jason just talked about some of the events he had coming up and so forth. Um, you know, they had the Jay Concepts race this weekend at Tacoma, Washington. Um, so best of luck to all our friends out there. Uh, I see some photos. of Pete Phillips sent me a photo of him wearing the radio impound T-shirt at the track there, representing. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it, Pete. A uh, friend of the show, Kyle Predmore, supporter over at patreon.com slash radio impound. Uh, Kyle won himself a prize not too long ago. Uh, Jay Concepts hat, he's out there getting that autographed. So uh, big thanks to Kyle. And uh, Chad Eubanks, uh, bro. He, <laughs> Chad's been supporting the show since day one, I, I think. And he's always tagging us in the posts and uh, running the logo. So that's really Awesome. Uh, I appreciate that. It definitely doesn't go unnoticed, bro. Uh, if you would like to run the logo on your car also, you can go over to, uh, you know, if you get your decals from Stick It One, they have our logo there. BoomRC.net has our logo. Carpys, C-A-R-P-Y-S.com. They have our logo. They have our T-shirt. You can order the T-shirt, the official RIP T-shirt over at Carpys. And don't forget to visit our friends, of course, jconcepts.net. Go over there. Tell your hobby shop, stock it. Get the tires. Get the parts. Show Jason some love. Jason and Allison, show them some love over there. They're they're out there hustling, supporting you guys at these races. Uh, they're always there for you. So when you buy J Concepts, you know you're going to have, you know, the whole support of the team. So that's, that's awesome. So jconcepts.net go over visit our good friend Paul Lemieux over at teamgravityrc.com and you know we need to get uh, Paulie back on the show Um, I talked to Paulie about this so it will happen Uh, we'll get Paulie on to get us all caught up um, with everything going on in the on-road side of things so that'd be cool um so yeah head over to teamgravityrc.com and tell them god he sent ya alright that is it episode 192 in the books 193 is on deck